Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. We're going to have a good time in the Lord studying His Word. And tonight we're going into some scriptures. We're going to try and complete chapter 12 from Romans tonight. Um, But some of the things we're going to be talking about are very, very important in the sense that as we apply them to our lives, it will help us in our walk with God and how we react to other people, response we get from people. You know, how you treat people is going to determine the response you get back a lot of times. So um, as we look through these scriptures, it gives us good basic um, fundamentals of, of just simply living for God. So in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 13, uh, this is where we left off last time. Uh, It says, uh, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Now, as we look at the words in this scripture, um, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Distributing is to come into communion or fellowship with, to become a sharer, to be made a partner, distributing to the necessity of the saints. Uh, The necessity is a need or lack or want. So you're distributing to, to come into communion or fellowship, to become a sharer of those who are in need, those that are lacking, those are in want. So in other words, it's, uh, it's a lifestyle of helping others along the way that are in need. Now this says in the scripture, it talks about to the necessity of saints. It's talking about, of course, saints being in the house of the Lord, those that are living for God, those that are living a righteous life. But I also believe that other scriptures tie in that not just in the house of God, but also outside of the house of the Lord, too. Um, But it also says given to hospitality. Um, Given to means to run swiftly in order to catch a person or thing. To run after. To seek after eagerly, earnestly. Endeavor to acquire. So it's not a passive thing. It's swiftly and to run swiftly in order to catch a person, to give them hospitality. Um, And then the word hospitality in the scripture uh, says the meaning of it is to love strangers and entertain strangers. Now that is not necessarily talking about saints. So the scripture is talking about in the house of God, and it's also talking about out of the house of God. But I believe that there's a tie-in here with both of these, distributing to the necessity of the saints and giving to hospitality. I do believe that that is important inside the house of God and outside the house of God. Um, it's been said here, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality, that our care and concern will demonstrate itself in practical deeds done for others. Matter of fact, we've talked about many times about Jesus and his ministry was an example and he was always giving as a servant to other people. He was ministering. Uh, matter of fact, even to his disciples. We're talking about God in flesh. Got down and washed the feet of his disciples and served them. Now, A lot of so-called kings on this earth wouldn't even think about doing something like that. Wouldn't even consider doing something like that. They wouldn't lower themselves down to that depth to do something like that. But we don't have an ordinary king. He's not like other kings. He is the God of all creation. He is a God that cares about others 
he came to this earth when he could have stayed up into the heavens, sat on his throne, allowed the angels of the Lord ministered to him. He, he is the almighty God over all. There is no other God beside him. There is no other God. Doesn't matter how many times people say they have a God, that doesn't mean anything. Unless it's the God, Jehovah, Jesus. He is the Almighty. But, uh, but a lot of our care and concern is demonstrated in just practical deeds that are done for other people. Either going to them, distributing to the needs of saints. There's a lot of times there's needs in the house of God. We have uh, uh, people in the house of God that have needs that we need to be there to share with them and help them, encourage them, strengthen them, uh, maybe even help them financially, maybe help them with food, various things like that. Uh, you know, we as children of God need to follow the example of the Lord. He was a giving God. He loved to give gifts. He was a caring God. He, he ministered and served other people and thank the Lord for that. Uh, but also, um, another example of showing and practical deeds is inviting them to come to us or us to go to them. In other words, given to hospitality. They didn't just passively give to hospitality. They ran to people and ministered to them and uh, open up their lives to them, inconvenienced themselves to help others. Hospitality. I, I also look at that as opening up our homes in a way where we share with others and, and uh, reach out to others. We need an, let me say this, we need an atmosphere in our homes, an environment in our homes that is conducive to be hosp hospitable. Uh, and and I, I don't say this to in any way to pat me and my wife on the back. That is not the intent. But many times we have, we, we've had people come to our home and they've told us that there's just such a peace here. Um, I believe that that peace has come because of the results of the presence of God. And it also comes to the house of God. The peace of the Lord. We need to have a peace in our home. If we don't, we need to find out how to get it. And the how to get it, of course, is I, I go back to the, you know, I'm a Pentecostal pastor, preacher. I, I go back. You might as well just have a Holy Ghost revival in your house and bring the power and presence of God in your home and just have church in your house. That's the best way to change the atmosphere and environment of your home. Uh, I am a, as a, as a uh, job, I change environments in homes. I put a thermostat on today because there was a problem with uh, a boiler system. They needed a thermostat. I, I worked at, uh, up in Highland at, at another place. It was a place that a new unit was put in, and, and it was cold in there. Uh, it was a coffee shop called Scooters. They have one in Eversville, but they got one in Highland now, and... Uh, they were getting ready to put one in Collinsville. And I got an inside road into Bethalto also. I put a plug in for Bethalto to the owner and said, hey, consider Bethalto. Um, but the unit was, it was 60 degrees in the, in the, in the, the uh, coffee shop there. So it was just not, it was cold out. So I went up on the roof and changed the environment in there. Got it fixed so that they could have a nice comfortable place to drink coffee. The biggest mistake I made was when my, I came home, my wife said, did you get any coffee there? And I said, no. And I got to thinking, why didn't I? I should have. It would have changed my day, my environment. But I already had coffee that, you know, this morning. So, But anyway, uh, you know, changing environments, changing environments. You know, if you have peace in a place, it's so much more enjoyable Peace in the house of God. I, I am a person that loves peace. I love peace. I don't like conflict. I don't like, I, I, you know, I don't like battles, this and that. Now, uh, I, I do know that when we feel the peace of God, it is a 
confirmation from the Lord that he has got this. And I do believe that we need to understand that in our walk with God. Um, when you pray for a need and you feel the peace of the Lord come upon you, understand God's heard your prayer. God's working on that prayer. It's going to be okay. Rest in peace in the Lord. Not die, but rest in peace. Maybe die to the struggle, die to the problem, but rest in peace. Rip. R.I.P. But we love peace. But in environment, to be to be given to hospitality. Um, that's that deed of action says a lot to people as they see our Christian walk with the Lord. To open up our arms to them, open up our lives to them, minister to them. That's a, a very good way to reach people also. Strangers. This says in the translation here, Hospitality means to love strangers, entertain strangers. Every human being on the face of this earth is God's child, God's creation. Nobody is greater than anybody else. I'm pastor of the church, but that doesn't mean that God loves me more than he loves you or loves you more than he loves me. We're all God's creation. But if, not if, but yes, the Lord loves everybody. From the most wealthiest to the middle class to the very poorest to whatever nationality, whatever it is, he loves them. And if the Lord loves them, if we are a follower of Christ, we must love strangers and love everybody. We, we must have that spirit and be open to hospitality, to help people, to love people. Now, I, knew, I know that when we do that, it, it says uh, so much to people of the love of Christ because it's the example of the Lord. The ancient Greek word for hospitality is literally translated in that manner too, love for strangers, love for strangers. In addition to this, given is a strong word sometimes translated persecute, as in Romans 12 and 14 that we're reading next. Um, but the idea is to pursue, and as I gave the definition, to run after. In other words, not sit back and wait for people to come to us, for us to be a hosp have hospitality toward them, but us go seek them out. Go find them, to minister to them, to be a friend to them. There's a lot of people in this world that just simply need friends. I need friends. You need friends. I thank God for my friends. I need friends. I, uh, I, I've got a lot of friends, and I'm thankful for that. I, I've got friends around the world. People I went to Bible college with, for one thing, um, missionaries, I've got pastor friends, I've got uh, acquaintances, I've got a lot of people that I can call on, and some are very close friends that I can call on and talk to, and uh, they will strengthen me. And then I can speak into their lives also, and that has happened on various occasions. I've spoken to their life, they've spoken to my life. We need friends, and one way to have friends is, the, as the Bible says, it's so simple, one way to have friends is to show yourself friendly. That's, that's Scripture, to show yourself friendly. If you feel like you don't have friends, maybe you're waiting on someone else to come and show themselves friendly, when really what you need to do is take the initiative and show yourself friendly. You will be amazed at how people will become your friend. But we can't sit back and wait for people to come to us. We have to go to them. 
really, uh, I, I believe that a child of God needs to be the, the influencer. Not wait to be influenced, but to be the influencer. Uh, but given, the idea is to pursue people you don't know with hospitality. This is love and action, not just feelings. Let, let me get a thought here tonight on that scripture from somebody. Uh, Brother Mike Holder. We have an extra mic we can use here. Raymond, the mic holder. <laughs> okay. Let me read that scripture again. Um, Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Now, when I think of hospitality also, I also think about uh, the subject that I always go back to is food. And I do believe that hospitality has a little bit to do with food. It has to do with comfort. Food, there's comfort food too, you know. So, um, just comforting people, uh, being kind with people. And uh, so, what's your thoughts on this scripture? Uh, let me read it again. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Anybody have a thought on this? Brother Austin. Well, no one else was going, and I didn't want to let Timothy down to be the first to raise my hand. Um, <laughs> but you were talking about, like, your house being a place of peace. And I was thinking about what <clears throat> what hospitality meant to, to the church um, in the time when Paul wrote this letter. And in that time, the home was the church. There was no temple that they, they met in. There was no sanctuary like this. Um, the church was their actual homes. So how hospitality to them was the same spirit that we would want when we go into church. It was the same spirit of acceptance, the same spirit of love, charity, of mm -hmm. peace. You know, those are the things they wanted cultivated for hospitality, which we see as, you know, how people feel when they enter our home. But we should try to be cultivating the same spirit in our home that we want to cultivate when we show up to church because mm -hmm. back then they were one and the same. Right. Amen. Very good. As you were saying that, a thought came to me that, that as a church body... Um, we don't want to be a church that only allows certain people in our church. We are a church for all people, everybody. And uh, now I do know that there are times that, that uh, you know, we, we, we like really awesome saying, we open up our arms and welcome anybody and everybody. Now, I realize there's a lot of different types of personalities will come through the doors of the church. That's okay. There's, there's different types of thinking, different types of character. That's okay. Uh, one thing about that is, uh, you know, I realize that, that the Lord ministers to them. If we could just get them into the presence of the Lord, and I've said this before, we just get them in the presence of the Lord they feel the presence of God. A lot of things change in their life. Just feeling that touch of God that they never felt before. It's all about God. So, uh, yes, we need to open up our arms and, and welcome everybody. Anybody walks through the doors, this is where they belong. This is where they belong. Okay. Anybody else? Um, well, I just so happened to have recently read two books on hospitality, and I'm reading my third book on hospitality right now. <laughs> um, but one of them that I, I was thinking of um, the uh, the results of hospitality, and and uh, a quote that came to mind. I shared it. Some may have seen it the other day on Facebook, but um, uh, from the book "Setting the Table." It says, shared ownership develops when guests talk about a restaurant as if it's theirs. 
They can't wait to share it with friends. And what they're really sharing beyond the culinary experience is the experience of feeling important and loved. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting that one of the most impactful um, things that some of the greatest companies out there that are um, known for their hospitality is just the fact that they simply treat people with respect. They, they treat people as if they are individuals. Um, they care for them. They actually show love and compassion towards them um, and kind of go above and beyond what's expected because a lot of times, you know, you go somewhere and, um, and people, you know, the expectation at McDonald's or something is just that they're simply just going to show up and take your order and that's about it, you know. But um, the places that truly go above and beyond to um, in, in the hospitality industry are those who just simply take the extra step and show people that they really care and that they, you know, that they're valued. And so um, it seems like, at least from what I've read on hospitality, that that's just, that just seems to be the recurring theme with the best companies in the world, the ones that are known for that, is that they just simply treat people with value. And I think if we were to really get a hold of that, I mean, I think we are a church that's hospitable anyway. We've always been, uh, one of the things that people say consistently is that we're a very friendly church um, and that people are very nice to, to them when they come. Um, but I think if we just take that opportunity to go above and beyond to treat people with respect and care and value, um, that it's going to be the type of place that people want to come back to, um, more so than just showing up and, and we just show up and have church, but they're going to want to be a part of it. And like this quote talked about, have shared ownership. They're going to want to be involved and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And Sister Lonnie, I think, had something to say. And on that thought here, um, is when we, when, when guests come to our church, we need to make them feel uh, a part. We need to make them feel that, that, that we're a part, uh, or, or we, we care about you, and it's not uh, disingenuous in any way. It's because it comes from our heart. We have a loving heart as a church body. But we need to let them know we love them. We're here for you, and we're glad you're here. Matter of fact, um, it's always been a trait of my home, my parents, when people would come over, uh, we would let them go first. Uh, we made them feel important, and uh, that is very, very vital. And I remember when I went to church for the first time, um, the church, my home church, uh, made me feel so important. And when I left there, uh, I was not one that wanted to, you know, everybody to see me in any way. But when I left there, I felt like I was so important. Even the pastor, all the way down, everybody, the youth, the youth leader, the, the people of the church, they just made me feel wanted that I was there and I was important and they cared about me and please come back. Yes. And they contacted me and and did things with me. They were they had some hospitality. Yes. Um, I like what you said. I never thought of the words about given to hospitality, where you said run swiftly in order to catch up and seek after them actively. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not passive. They ran to help them. That's a powerful verb. Like, you have to come out of your comfort zone to do that. Right. And you have to get out in your own little circle of what's good for me to see the other needs, but not just to see them, but to actively get up and actively run towards those needs to help out whatever they look like. And I was thinking about, um, I was raised in a very hospitable home that my mom and dad taught us to treat our guests with honor and respect, and they did go first. And my dad actively sought out people who didn't have places for supper. And you know, he was an IBMer. He would 
we never knew who was going to be at the kitchen table. And they were from all nationalities because IBM was an international company. And so he brought all these people. He would just walk in with somebody and mom would say, hurry up, go in the freezer, get out, you know. But, but that's the kind of home we were raised in. And my mom taught us how to actively seek out when neighbors needed help and that we would run to them before they even asked. Like, it, but when you said that, I was like, that's how it needs to be. I'm just myself. I need to get out of this comfort zone. But to, to, to go to the neighbors, you know, that's, it's what makes the difference yeah. in here and out there. Amen. Amen. Very, very good. Anybody else? Let's go to the next verse. Anybody? One more than Austin. <laughs> um, no, I just, uh, when I think about that going the extra mile, um, it just reminds me of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, there were opportunities for even religious people walking by to take care of him and meet his needs and and uh, just show him respect. But even the most religious people um, went on the opposite side of the road from him just to avoid him. Um, but it, it just makes me think that hospitality sometimes um, is not going to work with your schedule. It's not going to be convenient for you. Um, you're going to get your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just a lot, and you know, I think about I think about people like Luke and Amanda that you know they there have been people that have needed um, help that are you know uh, overdosing on drugs or who knows what just in a gutter somewhere, and they've gone and like sought them out, and found them. That, I remember them telling me about a guy in Alton that they you know went and and found him on the streets and. Uh, and he was in a bad situation, but they went and did that. And, and that, to me, is uh, really what hospitality is, is that it's, it's uh, not convenient for you. I'm sure there's plenty of other things you could be doing on your evening or on your Saturday. Um, but going out, seeking someone out um, to help them. And then, you know, as the Good Samaritan did, he paid for his room and board. He, you know, put him up, took care of him. Everything he needed, he took care of. And that just, to me... Um, that's what hospitality looks like. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Yes, good example. Amen. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. See, what we talked about in the verse before, were, these are powerful things to help us live a godly life and as we go on here bless them which persecute you bless and curse not now bless of course is to ask God's blessing on a thing or person to pray God to bless them invoke blessings so bless them which persecute you. Persecute means in any way, whatever, to harass, trouble, molest one, to be mistreated. In other words, bless them, to pray God's blessing upon them, invoke blessings upon them that persecute you, that harass you, that trouble, that molest one, to be mistreated. And then it goes on and says, bless and curse not. Sometimes the feeling is to curse back because they're trying to hurt you. But again, taking the word of God and applying it to your life, it's totally opposite of the way the world thinks is the way the Lord wants the church to think. Curse means, of course, to curse, to doom, imprecate 
evil upon. You know, if they hurt us, we want them to hurt. We want to throw hurt back on them. That's not God's plan for the church, for us as children of God. What's beautiful about this word is there is every answer to every need of our lives and our church right here in the Word of God. As we take this word and begin to dissect it and look at the scriptures and the meaning of these words and hear all the things we've been talking about, this is exactly what the apostle was saying to the church of Roman of the Romans of Rome and to get them to live a life that God wanted them to live. It's about sharing, loving, caring, not cursing people that hurt you, not throw, and, and it's easy to do when someone hurts you to throw something back at them. Uh, do not curse. Jesus spoke of this same in heart, uh, same heart in Matthew five and forty six. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? What was he saying here? He was saying, if you love those that love you, that's an easy thing. It's very hard to love those that hurt you. To love those that hurt you. But what Jesus was saying, this is, he was saying, don't curse them. Love them. It's the hard thing to do to love them when they're hurting you or saying something that hurts you or implying something that hurts you or maybe slandering you or lying about you or what have you. But it's hard to love them. The first response is get back at them, curse them. I know what it's about. I've been there. And you have too. But this is, this is the words of Jesus. Um, For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? The reward comes in loving people that don't deserve love. To love them anyway. So bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Anybody have a thought on that? I want to sort of respond to what Timothy said. Um, I think uh, I, the Lord puts those people in our pathway. I think um, it might be different for other people, but um, he seems to be doing that a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But uh, I say continue to keep doing it even if um, uh, it seems like a lot. Um, even our kids sometimes are like, you know, there's always somebody coming into our house and we've had to have conversations with them and stuff about it. But, um, in the long run, they'll understand, uh, the meaning behind it. But this one has been tough. Uh, I'll just be straight up honest. (laughs) Um, I've been going through a lot of things personally, um, for, several years and um the lord has been speaking to me and saying that um vengeance is mine saith the lord Mm -hmm. so we can't put it in our own hands because if we try to um even though um he'll still fix it because that's just who god is it's not going to turn out the way that he wants it Mm -hmm. and um what he's saying is um, it'll come forth as gold when he's done with it. It's going to be a masterpiece. It's going to be a miraculous thing. So we don't have to um, try to get back or try to um, uh, two wrongs don't make a right type of thing because um, 
really in the end he he takes care of it so um blessing them um really does all around help the situation um even though inside in our flesh we just want to like scream or whatever <laughs> um um but he really does work it out and he has every time so amen And I believe that the Lord brings people into your path because he, the Lord trusts you that you're going to help them. I believe that. So, Anybody else? We read the scripture again. Again, bless, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. I believe there's other scriptures in the Bible that say something, uh, beware when men, all men would speak well of you. Uh, you know, you think about the disciples and Jesus, they were loving and caring and sharing this message, but they sure had a lot of confrontation, you know what I mean? Trying to help people and trying to do the right thing. Um, you know, it didn't seem like they deserved it, but how they handled it, you know, I, I obviously Peter handled it a little different than other ones. You know, he's ready to cut probably Malchus's head off, mm -hmm. much less his ear, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, how Christ would handle it. But the Bible does also sell us, um, you know, blessed is those that suffer for righteousness' sake. And, um, you know, and... Truly, there's other scriptures in the Bible, if they all correlate, which I sort of chase scriptures around when I see one scripture, but it says how that we can, like, heap coals of fire upon our enemies, you know, if we bless them, you know. I remember when that lady came in here that was trying to curse the church, you know what I mean? Uh, when she was walking out, I wasn't trying to be too sarcastic, but I was blessing her in Jesus' name, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's definitely in me at the church, but... I don't know. It's a lesson that you obviously got to relearn because our flesh wants to respond to things. Um, a lot of people think differently, especially than I do about things. But, um, you know, sometimes you just got to let that spiritual man bless them. And uh, when you get to the place where you can do that, when it really gets, like, where you can't take no more, I, the Lord's been telling me, you know, that's where you let the battle be the Lord's and you trust him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Amen. That you trust that if you don't respond that he can handle it. So that's a hard one to learn for me. <laughs> for all of us. Amen. Amen. But Austin? <laughs> I can use it. When you get over there he's going to forget what he was going to say. So. Um, one thing this, this makes me think of is I know, uh, in our, in our current, in our current culture, it's really easy for us to feel like as Christians, uh, we're under attack for political reasons or religious reasons or for standing up for this. And we, we feel as people, um, the need to justify ourselves or to fight back or to even stand up for ourselves. Um, and it's something that's a part of us just as being Americans that we want to fight and we want to stand up for what we know it is right. Um, but one thing that the Lord's really been dealing with me for the last two years with is that uh, Christ's response to those who persecuted him was silence. And he told, he told um, his words were to turn the other cheek, which we think means uh, to return good for evil, but to turn the other cheek means to receive more more evil from your wrongdoers. It's not to uh, return good for evil. It's to say, like, you've offended me here, but there's more in which you haven't offended me. And in the face of, um, in the face of Jesus's country and his, and his people being subjugated by the Romans, his response was to give them more than what they can take from you. Um, and I think that's, that's the lesson that I've been learning um, about what we think is persecution or what we think the world is trying to take from us as Christians is that the best response is that if the world thinks that they can take, show them that 
the, the, the games of this world are so irrelevant to the kingdom of God that we can just keep giving more than what they would even take. That's good. Sister Burke? I really think the only way you can live this kind of life and to actually put this into action and not just read it, not just talk about it, but actually do it is if you keep your mind and your focus in knowing the big picture that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You're talking about flesh coming out against flesh, cursing. Someone curses you, you want to curse them back. Um, but if you keep your mind and, and your heart on the big picture, that this is a spiritual battle that we're going through. We're, we're fighting um, demons from hell. We're fighting all of hell. We're fighting, you know, spirits. We're not fighting people. And when you keep that in mind, which is really hard to do sometimes, um, but that's that really is what it is. And so many times, people aren't against you. They're against the God that you serve. And they can't even put that into words, so they take it out on you. But I think the only way to live this type of a life that we're called to live is to remember we are not fighting people. We're not fighting flesh and blood. No matter what they say to us, no matter the, how they act toward us, all of it, no matter how bad they hurt our feelings or we hurt their feelings, whatever it is, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting spirits. Mm -hmm. And this is a spiritual war. Right. Amen. That's good. All right. Let's go on to the next scripture, Romans 12 and 15. It says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Rejoice meaning be glad, rejoice exceedingly with them that do rejoice. Uh, weep means to mourn, to lament of those who mourn for the dead. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who, re who weep. And this... This actually is how we can fulfill a command to be of the same mind toward one another, which is in the next verse. But um, we, need, we need other people to join our victories and also to be with us through our struggles. We cannot do it on our own. We think we can, and I've always been a type of person I thought I can do this on my own. I can't. I've got to do it with others it it i i don't want to be a, a hermit somewhere away from everybody and say i can do this on my own no i need you all and you need me so uh, we need one another and it's a simple command to be considerate of the feelings of others instead of waiting for them to be considerate of your feelings that's Think about that. I'm going to say that again. It is a simple command to be considerate of the feelings of others instead of waiting for them to be considerate of your feelings. A lot of times we're sitting back and waiting for someone else to help us. And what the Lord's saying is, you take the initiative. You go and help others. And trust me, it's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you. We need one another. We need the church. We need fellowship. We need, of course, we need the Lord. There's no doubt about that. But we need fellowship. We need the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. So, let me read that scripture again. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Anybody have any comments? Yes, let's go on. All three of these verses are saying the exact same thing in different ways. Right. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, it is. <laughs> They're just because if we're if we're becoming a partner and a sharer in the lives of others. 
we're going to rejoice when they have their victories mm -hmm. and we're going to weep and hold them up when they cannot and when they're in their hard places, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that what being right. a partner, distributing to the necessity? Right. And, and so is blessing them instead of cursing them. All of it's the same thing. Very good. Anybody else? It's all about honoring the other person. Mm -hmm. Where's the scripture um, esteeming others? That's it. That's the cap on the mountain, esteeming others better. Say it out loud. Honoring yes. Yourself, yeah. Giving the honor where honors due, giving the blessings, mm -hmm. giving the respect, giving the love, giving it out. Mm-hmm. Convenient or not convenient, good time or not good time. I'm finding it's never convenient. <laughs> As schedules get busier and busier, it's just it's just never convenient. But I think we miss out, we lose out, and miss out on a lot of blessings by sitting back and waiting for someone else to reach out to us. When if we were to reach out to somebody. It blesses us. It totally blesses us. And I, I know that this is what the, the message is that's being brought across in chapter 12. A very powerful things to live by. Very powerful things to live by. So, anybody else? We're running out of some time here. Romans twelve sixteen, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Um, the word same means be of the same mind. Uh, to be of the same mind agreed together Cherish the same views. Be harmonious. Be of the same mind. Cherish. Agreed together. Be harmonious. And the mind meaning to feel or think. So agreed together. Cherish the same views. Be harmonious in the same feelings and the same thinking. Uh, of the same mind, one toward another. And then it says, mind not high things. To feel or think, again, is the same meaning on that word mind. Mind not high things. High things meaning to set the mind on, to seek high things as honors and riches. Mind not high things. In other words, I think that's looking at like being, it's all about you, selfish thinking, high things. Uh, and there's other thoughts there too, like getting your mind up so high you can't get down to understand the feelings of those that are lower. Um, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Condescend meaning to yield or submit one's self to lowly things, conditions, employments, not to evade their power. And men of a low estate meaning as a condition, lowly, of low degree, brought low with grief, brought low in depression, Lowly in spirit, humble, base, cast down. There's a lot of things that come in people's lives of why they're in that lowest state. We can get our minds up so high. And there's nothing. It's not saying that we shouldn't keep our goals high and try to achieve and do great things. But it's saying to us not get our minds so high up there that we're not getting our focus down to where we're reaching out to where 
those of low estate that are going through depressing times and struggles of life. We, we condescend, we yield or submit ourselves to help them. The inconvenience, it's not convenient, but we reach out and reach out and minister to those that are at a low estate. And it goes on and says, uh, Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Wise, be not wise, uh, mindful of one's interest in a bad sense, conceited. And then be not wise in your own conceits. Conceits meaning it's all about self. It's all about me. It's just focused on me. If it's all focused on us, then we're not going to fulfill the plan of God in our lives to reach out to other people. Did Jesus do that? No, he, if he was considering himself, he wouldn't have even came to this earth. He would have stayed up in heaven somewhere and had all of the things he had there. But he put himself out and came down to this earth. Sometimes we have to put ourselves out. Trust me, we're really not losing anything. We're gaining a whole lot by putting ourselves out. Because we're loving people and reaching out to people and helping people. Associate with the humble. Paul cautions us to have a humble mindset. In refusing to set our mind on high things and in associating with the humble, we simply imitate Jesus. That's what he did. We simply imitate Jesus. Uh, Do not be wise in your own opinion. Reminds us of how far we still have to go in actually being like Jesus. And then sometimes... We feel like our opinion is the only way. <laughs> now, I will say that Jesus' opinion is the only way. But he didn't show that. He, he went about in his life as an example to us, ministered to people, loved people, reached out to people, helped people. He was concerned when they were wanting, the disciples were wanting to leave the 4,000 and 5,000 people. And Jesus said, well, if they go back, they'll faint. They've got to have food. Give me some food that, that you have, and I'll multiply it and give it out. And when he gave it out, they put themselves out, but he divided it. And when they ended up, they had more than what they had before. So you don't lose anything by giving out to other people, you gain a whole lot. You gain a lot more fishes and loaves than what you had when you started. So, any thoughts on that? We're getting a little late on time, but we do want to hear on this scripture. And I, I thought we were going to get through the whole thing, but hey, we'll just do it again next Wednesday. How about that? <laughs> Let me read that scripture again. Be of the same mind one toward another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceits. But Luke. I don't know if this is relevant with this scripture, but I did just pops in my mind as far as uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about that he that don't need the physician, you know what I mean? That's who he, he came to call sinners to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um not just the 99 and just that needeth not repentance, but in the same way, those that are broken, those that are lost, those that can't find their way, those that are struggling, um, he has something to add to them. And we do, if we're walking, you know, as partakers of Christ, and we got his spirit, and um, we're putting good things inside of us, um, we can help those. We can't help those that are full of themselves, that don't want what we got. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even the disciples themselves, they sort of had to dust their feet off for that kind of people. But needs and things, I just feel that when Scripture ties in, I'll have to find it later about he that needeth not the physician because mm-hmm. he's already whole. 
But um, I think that's sort of where the Lord sort of picks to look for the lowly and those of low estate to lift them, obviously, to a higher place. Right. Man, good. Very good. Um, when you were speaking, um, a Bible study that, or, that I've been doing in, in the book of John, I immediately thought of the scripture, um, John 47, John, John 47, there's a new chapter in John now, <laughs> John, John 12, 47, um, 47 and 48 and 49, but he said, I did, um, hang on, there's a judge for the, hang on I did not come to judge the world but I came to save it and I was reading in Matthew Henry's commentary and he expounded that Jesus was trying to tell them that he did not come to judge them in their darkness he came to save them out of that darkness mm -hmm. and that's who we are if we're the bride of Christ and we're the body and the temple of Christ walking around earth now, then we did not come, he did not put himself in us to judge those other people, but mm -hmm. to bring light into their darkness so they can be saved too. Yeah. Amen. Good. Very good. Someone else? I'm sure this scripture's always been fitting with mankind, but it feels like now more than ever that people want to push um, their opinions and that they are right and you are wrong in many different areas. And I know, you know, the Bible does bear out that in the end, men will be lovers of selves. And when you're always thinking about yourself and you're always talking about yourself and you're thinking on the things that you think is right, um, it's hard to be like Jesus to other people. Um, it says, be not wise in your own conceits. I think that's kind of the world that we're in right now, that everyone literally thinks they're right. And um, it's just, it's part of the spirit of the Antichrist I feel like that's in the world today is always feeling like you're right and it and it does bleed over into the church because people give their opinions and they don't want to budge on their opinions that their opinions are right and that's it but we can't fall into that because that is the spirit of the age that's the spirit of antichrist it is antichrist to always be thinking about yourself and always think that you're right and pushing your opinions off. He was not like that at all. So anyway, that's what it says to me. Amen. Anybody else? And one, one thing about uh, us all being one mind together, um, thinking the same things, when we read the Word of God, it settles the score of every opinion. If my opinion is so strong and it's against the word of God, my opinion's wrong. The word of God is right always. And, uh, but it solves all the, the issues of uh, conflict because it, as long as we come under the umbrella and the covering of the word of God and believe it and live it and accept it, and it overrides our opinion, it's okay. I don't have a problem putting my opinion aside. If the Word of God is different from my opinion, so be it. Because my opinion's wrong, the Word of God is right. So that, you know, in that thought, that brings us all together in thought, in unity in thought. And uh, thank the Lord for that unity of the Word of God. There's power in the word of the Lord. And when, as we go through these scriptures, you know, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that we have read over and over and over and over again. And as we read these scriptures, sometimes we have passed over those so quickly. And we liked what it said, but when you really start digging into the word of God and find out exactly what the word of God says, it has the answer for 
like I said earlier, for everything in our lives. Every answer is in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. And thank the Lord for that. Uh, just take, for instance, okay, like Brother Timothy's been reading books on hospitality. Well, the, the true answer of hospitality is throughout all of the Word of God. Not just that subject, but every subject. It's a powerful book. Thank the Lord for the Word of God. Amen. Let's stand and let's, let's lift our hands and our voice to the Lord and just give thanks to the Lord for His Word. Amen. Let's praise Him. Lord Jesus, we thank You for the power of the Word.